To all the wanderers, wanderers, free thinkers, and throwaway kids, welcome to the dumpster fire. Let's Let's get get dumpster dumpster diving. Fuck it into space. Nice. We are official. We're launched. We're back again. Hello. We're back again, folks. It is a, uh, it's a little bit different tonight, guys. It's a little more intimate. It's just Justin and I. Yes, uh, Justin actually realized that uh, if he... We're not three-fourths of an octopus, but all four, he would be six foot two. Yeah, I'd be unstoppable. Absolutely. There, there's a reason why I'm only three-quarters. Yeah, Jod said no. Yeah. He had to slow you down, yeah. sir. You can't uh, take uh, over the rest uh, of the world. Yeah, I'd be the dominant species. Yeah, that's what almost happened, guys. We, we dodged <laughs> a bullet there. So. Yeah. And, of course, your host, Brian, your uh, large and small engine aficionado. <laughs> now, uh, Chef, I made some nice... Uh, Hot ham and cheeses for tonight. Yeah, they were delicious. Yeah, they were on Hawaiian rolls, but those rolls did not taste Hawaiian. No, they really didn't. I think I think we were falsely advertised. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, guys, they might have been Polynesian, maybe. I think so, a little (laughs) bit. Yeah, some kind of something there. Not quite Hawaiian. Uh, We're we're gonna do something a little different with the alcohol tonight too. You know, we're all about neurodivergence. We're all about getting out of your uh, your rhythms and your patterns. So we have Elijah Craig again. Now remember, Elijah Craig. This is one of my absolute top five bourbons. It's under 35th. Uh, if you want to look impressive to people that know a little bit about bourbon, get some Elijah Craig. You don't need to spend more. You don't have to tell them what it is. Just tell them to try it. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's a good, good mm-hmm. mid-shelf bourbon. Yeah. So this is where this gets interesting, though. Elijah Craig just did a gift set. And in that gift set came Elijah Craig old-fashioned cocktail syrup. So it's a cocktail syrup. It seems to have some bitters in it. So tonight, for I think the first time on the show, we are having cocktails. Nice. Old fashions, to be specific. Yeah. And I'm excited about this. Yeah. These are in the uh, Knob Creek glasses, which were also part of a gift set. Uh, The gift sets are the way to go. Yeah. It's all over. They go on sale. Justin, tell me what you think. Oh, that's a... Sweet old fashioned, right? Sweet old fashioned, very good on the bitters. This is just wonderful. Yeah, that's a, just wonderful. That's a classy drink there. Good change. Yeah, we're gonna have a nice, uh, nice mellow night tonight. So, you know, life has been coming at all of us fast. We're trying to keep consistent guys to come on here. Uh, with just Justin and I, we wanted to do what we called it a, a follow up free dive. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, once we do a podcast, Justin and I will sit and talk, or we'll message each other back and forth. And we're like, oh my gosh, did you hear about this? Or did you hear about yeah, this? Or we're we'll always find... getting new information. Yeah. And yeah. information changes. I mean, technology changes quickly. Mm-hmm. Information changes quickly. So it we does. like to kind of update things we've talked about and talk about some new stuff. Yeah, yeah we introduced some <coughs> new things. So Justin got me good earlier. I know we've brought this up before. There is a fungus right now. Uh, we just had the emergence of the cicadas. Uh, this fungus is a cordyceps. Yeah. Uh, it infects the locusts. Their entire tail end falls off, and they have a fuzzy ball, which is the fruiting body of the cordyceps. Yes. Well, these locusts, they stay alive. The cicadas, not really locusts, but they stay alive 
and go and try to mate. Now, yes, <laughs> it pumps them full of psilocybin and uh, amphetamine <laughs> and makes them want to fuck, even though they have no genitals. <laughs> so you've got tripped out meth head cicadas yeah. bombarding to you. Fuck anything that moves. Zombie cicadas. Yeah. Half a cicada. Yeah. Just going to town. Yeah. Now, Just a cicada. <laughs> what I was floored by, and Justin was also kind of surprised by, he did a little more research into the cordyceps. And amphetamines are a naturally occurring alkaline. Yeah. And cordyceps actually use that to force insects to move. Yeah. Uh, it acts almost like uh, ADP, um, which is a neurochemical that causes our muscles to contract. It acts that way in an insect's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do not actually even infect the brain, which is something I didn't know. Um, uh, I did not realize that they don't. Because when you see the cordyceps with the ants, you always see the fruiting body right. coming from the head or with the locusts coming from the head. Um, uh, that is that is after that creature is dead that they sprout mm-hmm. from the head. That's at the end of this process. No, they just control it with chemicals, with primarily psilocybin and uh, amphetamines. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of amazing. And <laughs> the potential for them to do it to humans is actually there. Uh, mm-hmm. The one thing that protects us is our body heat. Uh, that's the reason why they don't do it to us or cannot, because they can't survive in that high of a temperature, 98.6. Problem we're seeing is in industrialized nations, yep, the, uh, the newer gen- generations, we're seeing like one to one and a half degree droppage. And I've been talking about this with some people I've known, and I've had several people tell me, oh yeah, I've always measured 97.3 or whatever. And I'm like, see, it already started with our generation. Because mm-hmm. we're Absolutely. exposed to less and less. The more store- s- sterile our environment is, the less our body reacts. Um, so <coughs> the takeaway is feed your kids some dirt. Feed your kids. So, and also Justin was talking earlier, There's a uh, there is actually a fungus now that they did find is modifying human behavior. And this is not the one that popped up in India that we've discussed before. This is a different one. Yes. And I tried earlier to find the name of this. I had read an article months ago on this. And it's not major impacts that they're seeing, but it increases your likelihood to take chances. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can cause people to gamble that have never gambled before. And it's something like 80% of people that have had pork more than once in their life have this fungus in their blood and it's always been thought to be benign we discovered in the uh, 50s or 60s and uh, this more recent study i believe from 2012 showed that it does have some behavior changes mm-hmm. um so uh, they're already impacting us um it makes you wonder who's really controlling things <laughs> yeah the, well the the one that i'm almost certain it is is called t gandhi g-o-n-d-i that's it uh, t gandhi was shown to uh Increase rodent behavior, uh, behavior of being preyed upon. Yeah. Uh, they had some theories that it made them less sensitive to the smell of cat urine, but they also noticed that those rodents that had it showed less anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. They, in general, had behavioral changes. T. Gandhi absolutely can infect humans. It can make you run a light fever, make you sick. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, it's looking like it can then go on and 
alter some behavior yeah, in an interesting way. Yeah, they said that way. it goes into a dormant state after the initial sickness, mm-hmm. uh, the article I read, and it just lives in your body, and, and they always thought that it was benign, but it is <laughs> definitely showing some behavior changes. Um, typically mild behavior changes from what the articles I read, but still, um, the fact that outside forces are affecting our behavior is pretty, uh, it's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Tigandi also is primarily, uh, found in the intestines of cats. Yeah. And for anybody that knows my theory on cats, they, uh, actually hate us, but they've learned to mimic baby noises and, uh, get us to feed them and warm yeah. them. Yeah, because they know we used to worship them. They've never let us live Never got over it. Not <laughs> yeah. once. Yeah, no. They're like, you owe me, human yeah. baby yeah. noises. I am God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this when we talked earlier, too. Uh, there's actually a drug. Uh, it's uh, called Primipexlone. Yeah. It is a form of dopamine. I don't know if it's a dopamine agonist, uh, but it does. It affects dopamine in a way. Yeah. Uh, Primipexlone... Uh, is actually known as the gambling drug. Yeah. So what they'd found with Prammy, and it's actually listed in the side effects now at this point, is that they were seeing uh, people that had never really had gambling issues before becoming chronic habitual gamblers. That's so crazy. So they started digging into this a little more. Now, there also is correlation in risky sexual behavior and homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Developing homosexuality later in life where people will swear they never had these feelings until they took this medication that is known to reduce anxiety, reduce inhibition. Yeah. One of the things we discussed, the possibility is these are people that had latent Mm -hmm. feelings, uh, possibly be uh, before that it buried those feelings yep. and just the lack of inhibition allowed those to come out. But I also know many people that were addicted to methamphetamine yes. that had never had a same sex relationship in their entire life who claimed to have never had a same, same sex sexual fantasy and uh, they get on meth and meth impacts the brain by overloading your dopamine. <laughs> That's uh, yes. uh, the same thing with MDMA. Uh, anyone who's ever rolled on MDMA or ecstasy knows that it is a highly sexual drug. Highly mm-hmm. sexual. They actually recommend that you do not have sex while on MDMA because it can ruin sex forever for you. Yeah, <laughs> down the line. <laughs> yeah, you'll never be able to <laughs> top that experience. So uh, it's kind of crazy that it could impact a drug like that could impact your even your sexual it is something we consider as defining uh, a lot of us can um even if we don't in a conscious way think of our sexuality defining us in many ways it does it does <laughs> it's very much front and present in yeah. a, in human existence altogether. yeah it is part of every person's day-to-day mm-hmm. um and uh that's a big thing to impact. Um, I mean, there's a lot of evidence that scientifically the only reason we're here is to reproduce. Yeah. So our sexuality is huge mm-hmm. um, and, and our, our psyche. And to impact that, that means you're really impacting the brain. Yep. I actually have had this conversation with a couple of friends of mine. I, the Midwest is rife with childhood trauma. Yes. <laughs> it is an interesting <laughs> thing. I have a lot of yeah. theories on this. But uh, a lot of my friends get to their 30s generally and they start kind of Wanting to process through this. It starts to affect their adult life or, Mm -hmm. you know, they start really having that free time and safe space to think about this stuff. They know know. themselves a little better and can... Yeah, and I've told a couple of them, like, hey, look, you know, you you probably need to talk to someone. I mean, be it talk to a friend or talk to a professional. 
But you probably also, like, if you've gotten this far into this, you need to take some medication. And normally by that, I would almost always recommend Zoloft. It's probably the lowest side effect of the SSRIs. Uh, There's another one that is great called Welbutrin. That is a dopamine agonist for sure. Uh, that's a wonderful one. That actually, they they use that to help break addiction. It, it can help people quit smoking cigarettes, yeah. things like this. And more than once, I've had people tell me, "Well, I tried that, but I, I actually just got on Ritalin and it fixed me." And I'm like, "That's like swatting a fly with a bazooka, though. Yeah. You're literally <laughs> taking an amphetamine that is yeah. dumping all yeah. of your dopamine and serotonin." Yeah. And I always worry there's diminishing returns over time. Well, that. yeah, there is something, um, I'm probably going to mess up the name, but it's essentially dopamine deficiency disorder. Um, you saw it in the 90s with the ravers yeah. uh, overdoing MDMA and ecstasy. Um, they literally, it sh- they overloaded their brain with dopamine. They're, they're, essentially, you become immune to your own dopamine. Yes, yeah, so you, you downregulate so yeah, much. Yeah, you downregulate. And uh, it... I mean, there's a reason why they call it Suicide Tuesday. After rolling all weekend, uh, you want to kill yourself on Tuesday because your yep. dopamine resor- reserves are gone. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, taking something like Ritalin, which is literally amphetamine, yes. <laughs> uh, that is, and MDMA and methamphetamine, people don't realize, uh, there's this big stigma on meth and not so much on ecstasy, I think because of the addiction levels, mm-hmm. but they are only a molecule apart. They're almost the yes, same drug. Almost the same. Um, so you take something like Ritalin, and you're really playing. Uh, you're playing big time with your uh, brain chemistry. Yes. Now this is another very very strange thing regarding MDMA. So MDMA uh, ecstasy, as people call it. Uh, the early way they made that was out of a chemical called saffron. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not saffron. I get these mixed up all the time and people think I'm crazy. No, it is saffron. It's made from the uh, sassafras root. Mm-hmm. We have a festival dedicated to <laughs> drinking sassafras root tea where our community makes it for us in a giant pot that they've made yes. it in for like 100 years. Yep. You will not get better sassafras tea than made out of that yeah. gigantic Cast iron cauldron. It's unreal. Yeah, it is delicious. But what happened there is uh, they found that you could, I believe it was Vinnie the Bull Gravano. I may be telling you the wrong person. He was making giant batches of MDMA from a very common flavoring for root beer. Yeah. Which was saffron, and he was making it in washing machines. They were making tons of it. Yeah. And so they came in. And they actually said that uh, saffron's carcinogenic, so now it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So banned by the FDA due to carcinogens, but I really believe it was banned due to, you know, yeah. being meth. Yeah. <laughs> so that that it, did happen. It's crazy, though. Um, there's actually a, a chemical that's kind of popular in the rave and psychedelic scene now called SAS, and it is one chemical step away from MDMA. It's just... Uh, less process saffron, right? Um, which I think is pretty funny, and I've actually seen it, um, tasted it, um, and it tastes exactly like sassafras. Sassafras <laughs> is delicious too. It is it brown is. sugar, folks. If yeah. you don't like it, put some more brown sugar in. You'll yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, was China news out of China, which you always have to take with a grain of salt. Yes, you do. Uh, China does have a record of lying about scientific achievements. Mm-hmm. This has already been independently verified, though, that the math does check out by two different teams. I believe one Swedish and one German. 
they created an artificial sun. They finally fused uh, hydrogen. Yep. Uh, it actually burnt hotter than our sun for 101 seconds. Uh, the full time of its lifespan was 17 minutes. Had they had the ability to harness that energy and stored it, it could have powered uh, all the cities in China for a full year from 17 minutes. Uh, we are getting close to an endless source of energy. We are. If this all checks out, uh, now listen to this. The degree it ran at, at its hottest for 101 seconds, 120 million degrees Celsius. <laughs> uh, you may ask yourself, what was it in that wouldn't melt at 120 million degrees? It was held in a magnetic field. Strongest magnets ever created by man. They were electromagnets. And this has actually been science fiction for 100 years. It using electric electromagnets uh, to... Uh, create some sort of prism or chamber to hold this massive energy source. Well, we just did it, folks. It happened. <laughs> We're here. The Chinese did it. This was uh, <clears throat> the EAST device, is what it's called. It's Experimental Advanced Superconducting Tokamak uh, device. Um, and uh, it replicates nuclear uh, fusion, um, which is the same process carried out in the core of our sun. Um, for 20 seconds, it achieved a peak temperature of 160 million degrees Celsius. That was its absolute peak temperature, which only lasted for 20 seconds. There's a 40 million degrees Celsius <laughs> jump, though. That yeah. seems significant. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Country, several countries were a part of this, mm -hmm. uh, apparently, uh, including South Korea, Japan, Russia, India, and the United States were part of the research that led to this. Um, China's East Project is part of the International Thermonuclear uh, Experimental Reactor, or uh, ITER, or ITER, um, which I had read about several times before. Um, this was kind of a breakaway from ITER and China kind of doing their own thing. Right. Um, they're talking about how this process, if the research continues past this point, this is a massive breakthrough. We're looking at full operation nuclear fusion by 2035. Yep. That is, what, 13 years from now? Yeah. You're talking about the end of fossil fuels at that point. Yeah, um, well, the thing with the fossil fuels, we have had the ability to run hydrogen for a while. Now, the problem is hydrogen is not really a fuel. They use it as a power cell. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more for generating power and for the longest time we didn't really have the battery technology your battery in your car is a lead acid battery mm -hmm. it's literally sheets of lead that are dunked in acid and that decay is what makes there be a charge they'll hold a charge and release it uh, that's why your battery eventually goes bad it, it corrodes over time it wears down yeah. that's why batteries in general have gotten worse and worse over time because we keep recycling that lead there's only a certain supply yeah. And I think almost all batteries use that recycled lead now. This is why lithium was such a big breakthrough. And then they're talking about these nanotube techs, which are, it's lithium, but they arrange it differently. They could charge much quicker. Uh, this is, and you know, this is what Elon Musk has done. I think that this is his main thing, is he's trying to find some way. We can make the energy. Yeah. But we don't need the, what, what are we going to do with 160 million degrees for a minute? 
we yeah. need it we smaller over time. Yeah, we and need that, to build store. That's what that's what I think they're really working towards. Yeah, um, creating that degree is a breakthrough. Yeah. Hitting 160 million degrees, that's a breakthrough. But it's one thing to be able to do that in a totally different ball game to store that energy and use it. Convert it to your car. Or convert, convert it to your home. To our needs. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that that article actually spoke on was sources, good sources sources of hydrogen well one of the best sources apparently is our moon apparently uh we could create a second sun uh the nearly the size of our sun if we were to fuse all of the hydrogen on our moon (laughs) very interesting that's kind of scary to think about but uh Mm -hmm. that might be uh what kind of um Sparks the new space race. Yeah. Um, once we get into a big need for hydrogen, we will probably have, and we don't know what kind of battery technology is going to have to come forward for us to build store this. We might have to start mining comets or mining our moon. Or, yeah. So um, uh, things like space races, they require a reason. Um, we got to have a reason. The reason it worked in the 60s was we were trying to beat Russia. <laughs> yeah, had to beat those guys. <laughs> yeah, we had to beat them. Very interesting about that, too. I actually was uh, kind of sad. Uh, there's the Russian dog they sent up in space. And mm-hmm. he's, Russia's done right by this dog. They have, like, statues to him. He's a national hero. Yeah. They knew they couldn't bring him back. But they wanted to see if anything could survive up there. Mm-hmm. And, and so they did that. So I started looking into kind of how Russia did the space race versus how we did it. Russia beat us to almost everything except the moon. We literally picked. We were the pro wrestler that was the face. We picked the number one thing that was going to give us the biggest headlines and just rub it in the face of the rest of the world, and we got it. They built the first space station. They were ahead of us getting into orbit. They had the first female astronaut. They they just kicked our ass. But you know what? Fuck you, Russia. We got got to the moon. (laughs) That was all. We won SummerSlam, and that's all that matters. (laughs) We are the champion. (laughs) Very, and and I never, all my life, I was fascinated with space. Never knew that. I never knew. They were really well ahead of us. We've, a lot of what we have now, we got from them. Mm -hmm. And then um, all of our tech that we have right now, pretty much NASA itself, was Werner von Braun, mm-hmm. the Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was all Project Paperclip. Project Paperclip, for anyone that doesn't know that. we uh, At the end of the war, we realized there was way too much knowledge. Yeah. Way too so many smart people. there was a race the world over to grab up those no- Nazi scientists. They yes. were some of the best scientists in the world. And w- every country said, well, forgive your sins if you just yep. come work come for Come work us. for us. And we offered them the most amount of money, so we got 90% of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got Werner, and he, uh, he was the one that did the rockets tech that they used to bomb the cities and stuff. And he built NASA's early rockets mm-hmm. to, to get us up into space. That actually uh, ties right in um, the Manhattan Project as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of the scientists on the Manhattan Project, um, Germans, had served in the, the Nazi regime. <laughs> it's uh, It all kind of ties together. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about, but uh, they knew if we didn't grab them up, someone else was going to. Yes. And uh, we couldn't let that happen. Primarily, uh, the other big candidate was Russia. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. know Russia got a couple of them. Yep, um, they did. That, that helped their space program as well. I mean, it, it's weird to think there's a correlation between 
World War II ending and the space race. <laughs> yes. Without one, you wouldn't have the other. You wouldn't. I mean, we didn't even have uh, an aerospace program until World War II mm-hmm. uh, because we had to fly jets into battle then. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of, without one, you wouldn't have the other. Yeah, uh, and we just made so much, many advancements after yeah. World War II leading forward. And to where we're at now is one of the most crazy things ever. You have a private industry guy who looked at it and was like, well, you know, NASA's rife with uh, overspending and it's inefficient. Yeah. I can do that cheaper. And everyone yeah. laughs at him and he does it. I can do it cheaper and reusable. Yes, he <laughs> did land that thing. rocket. That's Mr. Elon Musk. I, mm. I actually saw a meme the other day that really offended me and it's someone I really like. Uh, they posted up like there's a billionaire. Tesla was a genius. It gave everything away and never was rich. And now we have a billionaire that never invented anything using his name. And I was like, hold up. Yeah. I got to fact check this. Yeah. Anyone that thinks Elon has not invented anything has never researched the guy. And he always puts his blueprints online for free. Yeah. The only (laughs) thing he was nervous about was, uh, uh, was the Tesla automobiles. He was nervous about that because he was afraid GM would go back to the EV1 patents Mm -hmm. and claim they'd already had them and, and, Shut his, they'd shut yeah. him down. He was a fledgling then, but yeah. he got it through. The, GM killed the electric car. And for anyone wanting to watch an interesting documentary about that, yeah. it's called Who Killed the Electric Car. Yeah, that's a brilliant documentary. It, it, it is. It's very eye opening. Yeah, it, it really uh, how is. How things are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of backdoor dealing <laughs> through well, that documentary. I remember in high school when I was younger, uh, I used to watch these shows, and there's a huge thing. These people would do these like rallies, like cross state rallies in homemade. Mm-hmm. Solar-powered and electric yeah, cars. that was a huge thing. The, huge. the whole goal was to go coast to coast. Mm-hmm. And I remember them coming through North Vernon um, yeah. with the solar cars. Um, I remember there was three of them, and they looked like miniature Ferraris almost. One-man miniature Ferraris. Yeah. They're like goat-cart size almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're crazy looking. They were so cool. And, uh, yeah, but that was huge. It was, gi- it was massive, and then it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Now, this... This could be leaning into the world of conspiracy theory. It is a local legend, but it has some basis. Uh, I can't, obviously can't verify how real this is. But there is a man around here that built a, what he essentially called a recycled air piston car. Mm -hmm. And he claims he could get the car to 40 miles an hour. He used a standard car chassis to do this. He built his engine in it. They had interest in it from one of the big automotive companies, bought it, picked the car up, and it completely disappeared. Uh, this is actually, uh, I know someone who has been an engineer for almost 40 years, uh, a mold engineer, has w- worked on contracts for our government, has worked on fuel cell technology for our government, that claims he knew this person, Yep. and he knew two other guys that had done it, uh, one from California, one from Arizona, all three of which got paid a whole bunch of money bunch and of were money. never heard from again. Yep. Yeah, this guy was still local. I have friends that swear up and down they saw this car. They ne- no one's that I know ever saw it run. Uh, I think one or two of them might have heard it start. Yeah. But that was that, and it just like I said, it disappeared. Uh, millions of dollars is what he said. Yeah. And, that, and this is the thing: um, when you've got that much money on the line, because the car com- the gasoline cars at that time would lose tr- billions, if not trillions, yes. uh, over the decades from that kind of technology, they're going to throw a bunch of money at you, and if you say no, they're just going to kill you. 
they're, they're going to literally go back and reverse engineer one of their old patents and say, yeah. well, we already had this. Now we're suing you for everything you mm-hmm. own. Good luck paying for as good of lawyers as our multi-billion yeah. dollar company yeah. can afford. Yeah. It's a lawfare. Lawfare is a bad problem in this country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's happened for a while. The explanation I heard, uh, th- I actually drive a turbo diesel. I have two of them. Yeah. Uh, automobile, both manuals. I'm a car nerd, yeah. massively. Uh, and one of them is the very last year Volkswagen was allowed to bring these turbo diesels over. Uh, what happened is they had rigged the system to where when you hooked up the OBD2 scanner to run the checks on the... Uh, sensors, because you've got to have functional sensors to pass an emissions check, it would kick the car into a different tune that was less aggressive and therefore would pollute a little less. And that would get you to pass. Well, that to me was just clever trickery. But the government did not like that at all, and they actually put some people in jail for that. But yet we're not going to see this whole Epstein flight log list. I'm a little concerned about that. But anyway, that's getting a little too close to politics. Well, there's just not enough money on the line there yeah and uh too many people with money stand to lose yes exactly it's the it's the gm guy that's gonna lawfare you (laughs) maybe it's him (laughs) so but uh what's happening now with the volkswagens is uh the 2015 is the year i've got it was the last year it was its own design Uh, it it was considered the most technically advanced engine volkswagen had made and they make bugatti so they've done a lot of stuff to this engine to really change the way the uh urea system worked and to make it more reliable and they didn't stop overseas. Now they have the new ones are getting 78 miles per gallon. Holy shit. They pollute 10% too much to be allowed in the U.S. That's such, so stupid. The theory I have heard on this, which makes a lot of sense, is we pay for the roads through fuel tax. Mm-hmm. Now, a friend of mine bought a Tesla recently. And he said he was floored when he went to get tags for it. They're trying to find a way to make up for that. Because they're not going to be able to stop the alternative fuel cars. They're coming. I just uh, read an interesting article, though, that um, L.A. just had its first rolling blackout, they think, caused by electric vehicles. I could see that. Yeah. Um, where our, our grid has to be updated. Has to be. Mm-hmm. We either need a new full uh, source or we have to completely redo our grid because it is wildly inefficient you look at these big cities us in the country um small town usa we don't know what a blackout is we don't have them yeah storms come through and blow down the power lines occasionally but we don't have rolling blackouts my little sister lives in austin texas Last year, I'm sure everyone knows, they shut the power off on purpose because they they had to. Yep. (laughs) And because they literally just could not meet the energy needs. Um, That city has quadrupled in population in 15 years. That's insane. Uh, It went from a city the size of Louisville to literally four times that population on the same infrastructure. Um, that's a huge problem. We have to redo our grid. It cannot keep up with our population, especially when we have these high-density population urban centers. More and more people are moving to the city and mm-hmm. uh, uh, stressing an already overtaxed grid. And uh, we need... I don't think that there needs to be one silver bullet. I think there's multiple answers. You look at the Nordic states, primarily Norway and Iceland, those two countries are nearly carbon neutral. 
And it's because they use every possible full fuel source out there. Yeah. I mean, you look at the power plants, the trash burning power plants in Germany, there's no smell. Um, you would never know they're burning trash. It's almost zero carbon emissions, and 80% of their electricity comes from burning trash. Yep. Other countries literally import their trash, so Germany gets for free and a fuel burn. serve. And the U.S., we've had this technology since 1984. It's called biomass incinerators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had this technology, and it has only gotten more and more efficient. <clears throat> the reason why we don't do it is because of... Nambies, not in my backyard. Yeah, uh, they were going to put one in Manhattan. The first site they picked was a Jewish community. They said, "Oh no, that would remind us of the uh, the um, death camps in Germany, uh, the incinerators in Germany, not in our backyard." And then they took it to another people. Oh no, you're not burning trash here. Uh, you're not burning trash here. Meanwhile. New York every year has to pay other states to take their trash because their <laughs> landfills have been full since the 90s. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's insane. When we could literally be burning that and it would l- fix our grid right now. It would prop up our grid in a way that is almost unthinkable. Well, in 2009, yeah. a company actually called Liberty Green Renewables wanted to put a 32-megawatt biomass incinerator in Scott County, Indiana. Oh, yeah. I remember yep. fine. Yeah, And they, they fought that and managed to keep it from coming in. I actually lived in Scott County during that time. Mm-hmm. Clint yeah. and I lived in a house in Scottsburg, yeah. and I remember the signs right off the interstate. There was a big sign. Yeah. Vote yes on the biomass incinerator. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they said they had a, the same exact thing you're saying. People were afraid that it would just pollute and all that, but you go right down the road... To Madison, and they have that plant on the river. But they've had to increase the height of the stacks a few times because it was polluting so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's belting out steam every yeah, day. Yeah, uh, all day, every day. Yep. And you literally, mm. I've watched videos of these biomass incinerators in Germany. You would not know that that's what you're, they look like a school. Yeah. You would literally have no idea. There's not even a smokestack. Like, mm-hmm. And the people doing the video, they're like, I don't smell trash. Yeah. Like, I don't smell anything. Like doesn't they, smell like fire. Yeah, because they build them underground. Interesting the way that people react to stuff that they don't quite understand, but that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds bad, so they don't want it. And yeah. uh, you could literally fix the holes in our grid um, doing something that is really not doing anything for us. I mean, mm-hmm. putting it in landfills isn't doing a damn thing for us. No, no. You know, we take, isn't it nuclear waste? Don't we take that to an Indian reservation and dump it in a mountain? Mm-hmm. We did that for a long time <laughs> if we're not still doing it. Yeah, we have a mountain full of nuclear waste. That mm-hmm. Literally, probably the next 10 millennia will still be in a mountain. (laughs) Still producing the same amount of isotopes that it was when we dumped it in there. The half-life on that stuff is crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The human race will be long gone. and Mm -hmm. They'll still be... That's the one way they'll know we were here because of this mountain full of nuclear isotopes. Yeah. But um, That's how they'll flag us from space. Like, whoa, they got a problem. Let's go help. We're gone. (laughs) What did they do here? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, you talked earlier, and I've I've said this a few times even. I came to this conclusion myself. Uh, There was a weird thing with uh, religion that, at least the denominations and sects that people followed around here, 
was that there was no way there was aliens because God doesn't mention them. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. He talks about deities, behemoths, things have, that live in the depths of the ever ocean. Read about the description of the angels? You know, like, like the those most, are aliens. Yes, the most <laughs> baffling thing to me too there is like, you know, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, right? Like, like in the New Testament, God has a kid and chills out. In the Old Testament, he was metal, a wrathful, <laughs> vengeful. Like moody God that liked to burn things yes. and flood things. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, I've been reading a lot about, and I know this is part of that ancient aliens thing that's all over the History Channel. It's so mm-hmm. funny. You start watching the History Channel at 10 p.m. and it's all, oh, guess what? Aliens, aliens, aliens. <laughs> but there is a lot of evidence that there was in, I believe, the 16th century, early 16th century, so mm-hmm. early 1500s, Something like a th- over a thousand people throughout Europe wrote down that they watched a battle in the sky yes. between two opposing flying factions. And this is at a time where man didn't fly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they said it was the gods battling it out. <laughs> and this isn't the only time this has been recorded. I mean, we've got cave paintings of space battles. Yes, we do. Um, you look at uh, Sumer. You look at the... The first city, Uruk, uh, the Sumerians, their descriptions of the Anunnaki and their their uh, cuneiform writing of the Anunnaki, it's insane. They're literally watching space battles happen yeah. in the sky at night. And by all, by all standards, this isn't coming from the priest. This is coming from, like, there's literally, we have a tablet that was from a grain cellar. Who wrote about wrote watching about a battle happening. in the sky? Yeah. Like it's nuts. Yes, yeah, and that's the whole thing. There was this big push in religion. Like there can't be aliens. God doesn't mention them. I'm like, but okay. And then one Sarah day, much? one day I was sitting there looking and kind of reading about how many stars there are, and I was like, it's almost an infinite number. And I yeah. thought about the number pi. Yeah. And I was like, that's like saying. I read this for 120 digits and I didn't see a seven, so there are no sevens. Exactly. Exactly. Nonsense. Uh, We're the only seven. Such a small view, and not to mention the fact that two years ago, or uh, or nearly two years ago now, our government finally said, "Oh yeah, UFOs. Those are real. Those are real. (laughs) Those are real." And we've got video, and then dropped did an information dump of over two thousand articles and over a thousand videos of ufos and no one batted an eye nobody did a thing they were all like donald trump (laughs) donald trump vaccines (laughs) and we're like but there's aliens and i mean i knew that because i've had a ufo experience but it's real nice to have it validated by the u.s government the u.s government (laughs) and i'll never ever forget this justin has told me this story for a while it's never never deviated uh we're gonna attempt still to get the other person who was yeah. with him to yeah. come on. I am looking through this dump of videos, and there is, it was upside down yeah. in the video, exactly what he saw running at exactly. massive speeds from a jet. It, he sends me this video, and this is the impressive part, is that of, I've been kind of obsessed with aliens and UFOs since I was a small child. And then I had this experience at 17. I saw a floating black pyramid uh, in midday. I mean, literally sunshine during the summer. It could have been nothing else. 
And I had a friend that witnessed it that didn't even believe in UFOs, but I've never read another description that was like the one I saw. Pyramid. And then you send me this video of one just flipping upside down and, and zooming all over the away. sky. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking getting it. And I'm yeah. like, well, that one's a little faster than the one I saw, but it is the exact It was same getting thing. chased by a jet. They, <laughs> this is my theory. This is kind of my new take on it. Yeah. There are probably aliens all over. And they probably know about us, but they're probably like, don't go there. Those are the scariest motherfuckers. And they blow each other up for fun. You don't even know. They eat everything. Yeah. Don't They'll eat you if you go there. We know it. You'll be turned into some kind yeah. of menu item. They're like, that place is a fucking ghetto. Yes, they, all they do is they eat They roll up fuck. their windows and lock the doors when they try by. Like, There's probably alien <laughs> alarm systems just to prevent humans. Yeah. Like, you know they're going to get up here one day. You better be prepared. <laughs> Crazy fucking naked apes. Yeah, they're just wild as hell. And I can see that. You know what I mean? Like I said, the big signal will be this. They're probably like, oh my God, they are beckoning us. Look at the signals. And they come here and like, those are bombs. <laughs> they're just blowing things up on the surface. It's so Why? funny because for all the advancements we've made over the last hundred years and all the logic we can possess... We are such an illogical species. It's amazing. Uh, we shit we, where we eat. We completely destroy our own environment, purposely so, mm-hmm. for uh, for money that has no inherent, va- inherent value other than the value we put on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a made-up concept, money is. And uh, we literally destroy our own environment that we can't replace. We do not know how to replace uh, or substitute. Um for something that's a a concept, it's not even an actual physical thing at this point. And we're such an illogical species, and we are so quick to kill each other. I oh, mean, yes. just so quick. I have to think that mentality has to be low amongst uh, space-traveling aliens. Uh, I imagine there are other species out there in the infinite... Um, space that is the cosmos that are as violent and crazy as us. I don't believe those are evolved enough to space travel. I think to hit a point where you're space traveling and going to other planets, you have to get past that bullshit. You do. You have (laughs) to get past this that, you know, everything's unfair and everything's incorrect and all of this and it, it just, we, we really, it, we, it's the pendulum swing we go through and we go yeah. back and forth. I mean, I consider myself a pretty civilized person and I will get irrationally mad about stuff. Me too. Me yeah. too. You put me in traffic, uh, rush hour traffic. You put me on I-64 in Louisville at 1, 5 p.m. Yeah. And uh, I'm saying things that no human should say to another. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. For as logical <clears throat> as I am, I'm just as illogical as the next yeah. naked ape. Um, we're just, that's just us as a species. That, that protection resource runs yeah. hard. Yeah, we are one of the strangest dichotomies as a species. We are, uh, we can do all these great logical things and do good for our fellow man, and we can do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. We're masters of both, taking care of each other and absolutely destroying And sometimes each other. the same person. Yeah, the same person. And it, it's situational because there's been moments mm-hmm. in my life where I was completely selfless and went out of my way to help someone else. And then there was times in my life where I was completely cold-blooded and awful to someone. Yeah. In both times, I felt like my reaction was deserved. But a higher self, if I really focused on my higher self, I'd always aim to help. Yeah. Um, but there's been situations where help, I was petty as fuck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. It is the sometimes the randomest stuff that will just make me flat petty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's an odd... Yeah. Uh, being a human is an odd thing. It's an odd experience. So, one of the things that uh, I really am kind of uh, proud to announce and talk about is... Uh, I've just been talking a lot about kind of what... My, like, my next... Uh, my next adventure is like, you know, because you know, everything got disrupted this year yeah. well, in 2021 and it was just awful. Uh, and I, I talked to a friend of mine and she was saying how this person was impressive because they've been so many places. And I was like, what does it make you impressive? But I kind of yeah. realized that I've never, I mean, I didn't leave the state, but one time as a child. Yeah. Weird religious I, I never family, traveled as stuff. a child. Yeah. I, I traveled a lot in my early twenties. So. Yes. And that's kind of where yeah. I'm at now. I'm, I'm in my early forties, but, uh, uh, talked to a friend of mine and she's like, I would love to like take you places. She's been places. So I'm going to actually start trying to get out of the country for the first couple times. And it is probably the worst time possible to decide to do that because some countries are still under martial law due to COVID, but yeah. I but don't give a shit. I don't think there's any, uh, I think that's a, a valid goal no matter what's going on. I want to go to Chernobyl. I've wanted to go there forever. She I was think, like, that's a big goal for a first trip. I'm like, let's go somewhere tame first and then we'll see how that goes. I think everyone should try to get as far away from their own personal culture as possible. Yeah. And experience something. Because what you find and what I found in my travels, and I'm not that far traveled, but I've been to three or four other, four other countries. And uh, what I find out what I've found is people are people are people. Um, if you treat people with respect and you uh, treat people with an open mind and an open heart, that's what you receive. Yeah. The kindness of strangers when you're traveling is nothing short of mind-boggling. To yes, me. it is. Like, it's kind of amazing. Um, I've had people <clears throat> open their homes to me. I mean, these are complete strangers that I don't even speak their language. And they're wanting to feed me. Yeah. Like, and that's amazing to me. Um, uh it kind of gives you hope in humanity when you travel. I really feel that. Yep. Um, and it lets you know how lucky you are. Uh, I got the. I was fortunate enough to travel to the Dominican in 2017, and I uh, spent 10 days down there. And I was on this very swank resort. It was the Hard Rock Cafe and Casino. I mean, the stores that were in this resort. You're talking Michael Kors and Coach yeah. and all these Ritzy. Yeah, designer brands that I don't give a shit about. And I, I spent two nights on the resort. I mean, I had a hot tub in my room. And I spent two nights on the resort and I don't feel like I'm in the Dominican. And so I was like, I've got to get off this resort. So I went and talked to some kitchen people because I've been a kitchen person on and off my entire adult life. And I know the language. So I went and talked to some girls that were working in one of the kitchens, one of the restaurants. And they invited me to a bonfire on the beach, private beach, no tourists, with actual Dominicans. I ended up sleeping on their couch, her and her brother's couch, for three days. Absolutely amazing people. But literally, her brother's telling me he had a uh, nine and uh, and 10-year-old daughters. And he was talking about and showing me pictures on his phone of the schoolhouse he's building because the highest grade level is the sixth grade and he wanted his girls to be able to go to high school. Yes. Because his goal was to get them a high school diploma so they could eventually go on to further their education in the United States. And uh, he was literally building it with cinder blocks, a one-room high school. And uh, so when I got back to the States, I told him I was going to send him some money. 
I sent him 50 bucks. I did not realize that the rate of exchange at the time from the Dominican peso was something like 40,000 to one. Uh, he emails me back after uh, receiving the funds. I just sent it through Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, why did you send me so much money? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's just 50 bucks, man. I just want to help with the school. And he's like, my daughter's hands aren't for sale. He thought I was trying to marry one of his daughters because I just changed his life. And I was like, no, spend every cent of it on your girls, on your school. Mm -hmm. And he sent me pictures for months uh, of daily progress. He wanted me to know where my money was going. He was able to add a finish, then add a second story to the school. Not only that, he was able to buy 50 uh, iPads or an equivalent of the iPad with a uh, homeschooling apps on it so he could actually teach update information because they didn't have textbooks yeah. and now he had access to online textbooks mm-hmm. all from fifty dollars I sent him another fifty I said it's just fifty dollars to me it's nothing to if us. you yeah. can do all of that with that and mm-hmm. I know that that's where the money's going take it as far as you can yeah um, and uh he did. He was an amazing guy, and he was doing all that for his girls, and he actually messaged me about six months ago, I want to say, um, and he told me his oldest had just started. She was going to be the first girl in Punta Cana to ever go to high school. He was starting her class, was going to be the first class as held. That's amazing. Uh, her grade. And he... he uh, he was sending me pictures of him holding her crying. And I'm like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But it just struck me so, so hard that this is a country with huge tourism. Um, huge tourism, but it's a very small island with no resources. Yeah, it has to all come in. Yeah, it all has to come from the outside. The, the highest in one of their largest cities is a sixth grade education. Yeah. That just struck me. Um, how fortunate and how much we take for granted here. Um, we think someone with only a sixth grade education is stupid here. Yeah, <laughs> and there then, is then the you peak. go just, I mean, literally it was like a 12 hour flight away and you, you're in a country where they don't have the option. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing to me. Yep. Uh, and I think it's important for people to get out of their comfort zone and see that. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it, it, the quote is something like, everything you've ever wanted in life is right where you're too afraid to look. And getting out of your comfort zone, I think, is so important uh, to life. Um, traveling is the best way to do that. And it just breaks up that monotony. Yes. Just, uh, oh, my gosh. It's amazing to have that feeling of awe. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. And uh, traveling does it. And I don't care if it's just to another state. I don't care if it's to another country. It doesn't have to be all the way around the world. Um, it could just be somewhere you've never been before, and you will have those moments of awe. So the, the place where the lightning bugs, and there's this specific species of lightning bug, and they they thought it was a myth for a while, yeah. but the guy recorded it. They yeah. light up at the same time in a pattern. Yeah. I really probably need to see that. Before that is I die. actually in the Smoky Mountains. That's here. Yes. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, you're talking six and a half hour drive uh, mm-hmm. down to the Smokies. Uh, I've not seen it. Um, I, 
for, I went to the Smokies four or five years in a row, um, but I always go the week of my birthday, which is about a month too late for it, because um, I'm a November baby. It happens like early fall, like yeah. uh, early October, so it's like a month and a half too late, but I would love to go down there. They call it the fairy ring, because yep. um, they literally will line up in rings in the fields and all blink at once. At the same time. Millions. Yeah. And in complete unison. And I think that would be the guy that found that he's got an article you can look up and it is just the article will make the hair stand up on your head. Yeah. Because he he said, hey, I saw this. And like, that's not (laughs) no, no lightning bug does that. That makes no sense. He's like, bet. (laughs) And he was right. So, yeah, very interesting. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's that's a goal. And that's only six hours away. Six hours away from us. And uh, yeah, just watching. I can tell you the last time I was in the Smokies, just watching the sun come up. I was in the mountains every morning by 5 a.m. because I like watching the sun come up. Yeah. And there is a waterfall there that halfway up this mountain, if you get there early enough on Tuesdays or Thursdays, there's a fire tower at the top of this mountain. And the only way to get supplies up to this fire uh, watchtower is by llama train. So there's a llama train, literally 15 llamas, and like Five pot-smoking cowboys uh, take this uh, train of llamas at 5 o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays up this mountain. And they go through Grotto Falls, where they actually, the trail goes behind the falls. Oh, that's awesome. And if you get there early enough, they'll let you walk with them. So uh, last time I was down there, I got to see the sun come up with 15 llamas and five hippies um, (laughs) over a waterfall. (laughs) And uh, I can be honest, I cried. Uh, It's one of the few times in my life I was literally moved to tears by the beauty of the world. Overtaken. Uh, It was amazing. It was awe-inspiring. And... uh, I was a little sleep deprived. I mean, it's five thirty in the morning, and I was a little stoned. <laughs> but, uh, little, I mean, you were the pot smoking cowboys. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was amazing. Uh, loving on llamas and playing in a waterfall, watching the sun come up—that's living. So, uh, Justin, I wanted to follow up on this one because you talked to me about this, and it was awesome. In our history rhymes, we were talking about how things pop up in a pattern throughout, and you had told me. Because we were talking about how with COVID and with things going so crazy right now. Uh, One of the things we keep on, I keep on seeing pop Mm -hmm. up. And it started in Europe that we know of in the 14 or 1500s is the first time it was documented. But when there is mass upheaval in the world, uh, we saw it in the 1860s to the 1890s. We saw it in the U.S. from the 1960s to the 1980s and 90s. Forming When there's a lot of upheaval in the world, our... uh, that's how people react. They need something different. They need, need something, something to hold to, on to. Yeah. yeah, to hold on to, to believe in. And it leads me to believe that there's probably a whole lot of active cults that we're going to read about in well, 30 years. Well, this is a strange thing that I have spotted on uh, Facebook. The Facebook algorithm cannot figure me out now even worse than they can't figure our page uh, out. Page out. <laughs> and so they give me these weird, like, breakup things and men's improvement things and stuff. And there's this weird cult popping up. It's very financial-based and image-based of, like, men's improvement garbage. And Mm -hmm. all of it is, like... So I said, this is Scientology, but Mm -hmm. for douchebags. Yeah. Yeah, it's like douchebag Scientology. It's all these, like... 
<clears throat> uh, slick back haired muscled men yeah. that are like get women get money drink this <laughs> yeah this is what's wrong with you and if you yeah. do this and I'm like invest in NFTs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's I, I think I'm we're seeing that coming up yeah but the way we're seeing it come up is almost we're seeing these uh, like Instagram celebrities yeah. become the and, leaders and the big thing here is, is that we change the way we socialize. Yeah. So a cult could be spread across the United States now. Yes. You could have a thousand diehard members that are all in different places uh-huh. now. Um, and I think it almost makes it more dangerous because we already know that psychologically, when you have that sense of anonymity, you can be more extreme online. Exactly. Um, so, and it's such a personal experience. You feel like you're by yourself experiencing this. So it's such a personal experience. I think we could really see some crazy cults arise in this era in particular. Yes, I, I mean, you've I think got all this here. disruption. You can't trust anything you read. People are going to be looking for something to hold on to, something to believe in, some new truth. And uh, with the way we act online, I could totally see it go the cult route. And I can't wait to read those books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. The tell-alls. Yeah, the tell-alls that are going to come out in 20 and 30 years from mm-hmm. now uh, are going to be amazing. Like, uh, uh, it's just going to be nuts. Yeah. Like, hell, Bitcoin. <laughs> I was just thinking earlier too when we were talking because yeah. that's the way my brain works uh, how many cryptocurrencies are there now? Uh, thousands thousands and, of cryptocurrencies and now the new NFT thing is the the art with the contract attached have you seen this? no um, Snoop Dogg's a big part of it him and one of his adult sons are uh-huh. um, I think it's called Stupid Monkey is the <clears throat> one they're into but it's just art that's NFT form so it can't be recreated and inside the NFT, it comes with a contract and that says, like, if this artist dies, you get all their paint cans. Um, you get all their brushes uh, if you have this NFT. And it is crazy what some of these things are valued at. You're talking quarter to a half a million dollars for one of these NFTs. And every time they sell, things can be added to the blockchain, uh-huh. is my understanding. I'm not an expert in this. This is just a cursory knowledge. But I was just reading an article about this, and it, um, yeah, it's it's huge right now. And now they're having musicians do it to actually encrypt songs on an M- NFT chain. Um, so it increases the value of the song. You can literally be the sole owner of the song now. It's very odd. It's a new space, and it's gonna. It's going to work itself out. Right now, it's wide open, so they're doing it to everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're going to have some growing pains with it, but I think there's going to be a lot of millionaires made from it. Uh, yeah, um, it's interesting. I, I mean, uh, just uh, I watched this video of Snoop Dogg's, uh, one of his adult sons, I can't think of his name. He's just scrolling through his phone, and he's got like 15 from the same artist. They're valued at like $7 million. Um, between the 15. Completely and insane. the craziest part about it is if that artist dies... Because of the contracts and in 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 in, in a, each NFT, he's getting like the paintbrushes, which are right now valued at a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, um, he's getting the paint cans, which are like another hundred thousand. It's so crazy. Like, there, it's a new social contract, and I don't really get it. I'm kind of an old head, I guess, but uh, I would love to have a sixteen year old explain it to me. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> we need a resident sixteen year old yeah. over here. 
tell us about this stuff. And yeah, because I'm sure they know. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've heard about it. Yeah. yeah, They know what Snoop Dogg's son's up to. They're mm. probably friends on Twitter. Probably. <laughs> Is Twitter the cool one now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It changes. I, I know Facebook's considered for old people now. TikTok, I think. TikTok's uh, the one where it's at. Yeah, I think that's the kids. Yeah. Uh, people are like, oh, TikTok. I got friends on TikTok. And I, I can tell you, what's the one... Uh, I'm going to age myself because I don't use it at all, but it's widely used. The one where you send pictures to each other. Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. Shit be going down on Snapchat. <clears throat> Drug deals, that is how they happen now, is through Snapchat. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to snitch on nobody, but I'm telling you, if you're worried about your kids, <laughs> uh, check their Snapchat because this shit automatically erases. So I literally, not going to name any names, of course, I have literally seen someone's Snapchat where it's someone sending them a picture of sheets of acid with prices. Like, the, it's just a picture. <laughs> and it's like, uh, got this. <laughs> and well. It, but that picture disappears. Yeah. Uh, unless you screenshot it, it disappears. disappears. And, and it tells the person if you screenshot it. Yeah. So then you're cut off the list. Yeah, exactly. And the person that showed me this, they're like, oh, yeah, I'd be going down on Snapchat. And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, check this shit out. And she shows me. And she was like, do not screenshot. She was like, that will get you cut off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that was interesting as things evolve. Uh, meeting in the uh, Ponderosa parking lot <laughs> or Taco Bell parking lot. Yes. Days are done. No. <laughs> like, it's all done over Snapchat. Um, no, the world has changed. It changed so fast. It did. It, and it's funny. My brother made me feel old as shit the other day. He said, you remember growing up and thinking how old and classic like Pink Floyd and Zeppelin was? I was like, yeah, they're classics. And he was like, you know Nirvana is now older now than what Zeppelin and Pink Floyd were to us. Yeah. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yes, that is completely, not true. bro. And then I then I start doing the math. I mean, 1989 was uh, Nevermind. Uh-huh. Uh, 1990 was uh, Dirt by uh, Alice in Chains. Yes. Like, and I'm like, holy shit. They're that the was 30 now. years. Yeah. That was 30 years ago. And when we were kids in the 90s, 30 years ago would have been the 60s. Zeppelin didn't make it big till the 70s. Uh, Pink Floyd didn't make it big till the 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is true that uh, our music is classic now. It's old. Uh, it's kind of weird, though. I've kind of stayed up to date in ways, but not fully. Well, uh, and it's kind of strange because I know some kids that are heavy into music, and they're skipping over... The 2000s and 90s going all the way back, even mostly skipping over the 80s to the mid and late 70s. Yeah. To this, like, you know, straight up, very clean, classic guitar sound yeah. is what they like. Yeah. So they're they're running I, around in I, I actually, uh, Zeppelin in, shirts. In fairly regular contact with a uh, one of my friend's oldest daughters, who's 19. And she is actually into some classic 80s tunes, and which cracks me up. That's great. Uh, she hasn't found her way into the early 90s grunge scene yet. That's what I'm waiting for. Because she dresses like it. I mean, she's always in an oversized flannel. <laughs> her hair's always a wreck. She looks like a grunge kid from the early 90s. But uh, I keep on waiting for her to pop up like, you ever heard of Nirvana? <laughs> like, you ever heard of Alice in Chains? I bet you've never heard of them. Yeah, like, I bet you've never heard oh, of Alice Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And uh, I'm a huge hip-hop head. Uh, I mean, I love 
lots of music, but I've been a huge fan of more underground, uh, non-mainstream, non-commercial hip-hop for most of my life, since I was about 11 or 12. Uh, I think I was 11 when I first bought 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers, and it was a life-changing event for me. Yeah, that is. Um, And to watch hip-hop evolve has just been an insane thing to me. Uh Uh, It is so crazy, the ebbs and flows of hip-hop, because it is... Hip-hop is based on a mythology. Like, you you can't separate the mythology from the music with hip-hop. With, uh, like, rock and roll, you kind of can. Yeah, yeah, there's some mythology to it, but you can separate the two. Hip-hop, the, without the mythology, the music isn't there. Mm-hmm. And it's such an amazing thing to see that evolve and how it's changed. And uh, it's a very different thing now. But there's still some guys doing what I consider the real thing um, mm-hmm. out there. So... It's being kept alive, um, but uh, it's uh, just been interesting to watch. And it makes me feel like an old head, though, because I'll be like, I've really been listening to uh, Wu-Tang for almost 30 years. 30 years, yeah. <laughs> like, That's insane. Like, yeah. I've literally watched their entire careers. <laughs> so, very crazy. The band Cynic uh, came out. They're, they're not that old, but they're quite an old band. They're they're like a progressive metal, like a lot like Tool. They have yeah. a very similar sound. They do the real mathematical structuring. Yeah. And they had two members die, and they were just gone. Really? And then out of nowhere, Season of Mist post up, Cynic's releasing a new album. Really? Yeah, has the new single. That's so awesome. I was like, wow, that it transcended. I'm super excited. I know I'm not going to be able to see it. I couldn't afford it even if I had planned it in advance, but I'm excited the Tools tour. Coming back to Louisville. Yeah, <laughs> they're, uh, they just played San Francisco tonight. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, they played Denver a couple nights ago and they are coming this direction. So they will be in Louisville. They'll be in Cincy. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to see them twice. I actually, we were at the same show. We were. Didn't yep. know it. Yes, we were. Um, but I wish we could have planned that out. I wish we could have. Man. I took Ella to that and she could not believe I got her tool tickets. And I was like, Ella, when I bought my tool tickets, they were $20. Yeah. She was like, what? We yeah. were way up in the top. It was the the it was the last best section available. Yeah. And at the time, and we I got those tickets the day they came out. They actually sold out, yeah, and then they, they did a resell. Fast. And Christina Brown, thank you, Christina Brown. Yeah. She sent me the link to the resell, and I could not get my credit card numbers in fast enough. I was freaking out <laughs> yeah. to get those. Yeah. So yeah, that was she was very excited about that, and it was a good time. It was, it was an amazing show. It was. Uh, it truly was, and the <clears> world <throat> changed. Not what two days later, mm-hmm. um, in a very drastic way, wasn't it? Was that show September eighth? The yeah. one we went to, yeah. yeah, that was the twenty dollar ticket on the lawn. Yeah. September eighth, he gave the speech. Everybody that was with me did not remember that speech. Uh-huh. I talked to Justin about this <laughs> last year, and he's like, "I remember it," and yeah. he could remember parts of it. Yeah. Very, very randomly, I'm talking about this to friends of ours, Ella and I were, and. He pulls up his phone and goes, do you mean this concert? And found it in minutes, a full video of that concert. And I'll be damned, Maynard said exactly what I thought. Yeah. Gave a good two-minute speech in the middle. He gave an amazing speech about living your life. And and, uh, how creativity was the force for good. Yeah. The bad guys were winning. Yeah. And then 9-11 happened. Yeah, 9-11 happened three days later. Mm -hmm. And, And the world changed. I still have the ticket stub. That's so awesome. It's in the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I imagine I do. Um, I lost a lot of ticket stubs 
uh, in a move. When I moved back down here, a lot of them were missing. Mm -hmm. But um, I hope I still have it. I used to have several hundred. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that show will always have a spot in my heart. I would love to recreate it. But, I mean, tickets are already sold out for the entire tour. <laughs> and you, want, you will not be able to get it with Tool. You're going to have to find that band. Uh, for, yeah. for Ella and I, the band was Rivers and Isle. And I was like, these guys are really good. And we saw them opening, and uh, they were just so damn good. And I was like, we need to keep an eye on these guys, remember their name. And I actually wouldn't have remembered their name, except it was on the ticket. Yeah. And uh, then they had the best metal album of 2018. Ella was not super into metal, but they randomly weaved saxophones yeah. into that album, and she was like, what? This is so cool. That's awesome. We went and watched them play the entire Where Owls Know My Name album. It's on the Metal Moments podcast. And uh, when the guy came out, because they had a different guy, not the guy that recorded, they had a different friend play sax for him on the tour. Yeah. He just, he wasn't on stage with them. We didn't know he was even there. And the part of the song, the very first song they started with, there's a big sax part, and he walked out from behind stage with the saxophone. Everybody went insane. Yeah. And he just That's belted awesome. it out. So that was that was so cool. The sax is heavily layered into their uh, latest album, The Work. Nice. And I don't know if The Work's going to be metal album of 2021, but it's up there. Really? So they've done it. That's three years apart, and That's, they killed it both times. Uh, that nice. lead singer with degenerative hearing loss, yeah. watch an interview with him. It's amazing. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, another band I'll be watching this year, so long as COVID doesn't destroy everything, knock on wood, is Arch Spire. Arch Spire. Arch Spire. I had not heard of these guys. I actually watched some videos of their moms watching their music videos, which was hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, who are these guys again? The song I listen to is recorded at 360 beats per minute. Oh, Lord. And they have one on the last album that's recorded at 400. Oh, wow. But they still have melodic parts That's in amazing. every song. The, the lead singer, I, I've never heard anyone like him. It's, it's death metal, but yeah. it, like it, it's insane. So I cannot wait to see those guys. They're out of Canada. They're just ridiculous. That's amazing. So, Rivers and Island Archspire. That's the, a two uh, I'm looking forward two to. Two shows I'm looking forward to, hopefully, this year is uh, he hasn't announced uh, dates yet, but he has said he is going to tour off his last album, My Favorite Hip Hop Artist, Ace Hop Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, he just put out easily his best work. He's been an underground. Every time I mention him, people think I'm talking about ASAP Rocky, yeah, not who is Rocky. a guy who kind of stole his name. This guy's been an underground artist since 1999. Yeah, he's been uh, around a minute. Out of New York. And he's just getting better. Uh, he's the guy that... Uh, um, Ambrosia for Heads, which is an in-depth hip-hop website ran by uh, the Jizz of Wu-Tang, um, they created a uh, computer database of uh, over 5,000 MCs entire catalog, and they wanted to see who had the biggest vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Aesop Rock had a bigger vo vocabulary than the number two guy, who was Eminem, by 1,200 words. He had 1,200 more words in his vocabulary than Eminem. <laughs> uh, easily the most verbose rapper on the planet. But he's amazing. And he just put out what I consider his finest work ever called the um, Spirit World Field Guide. And uh, it is absolutely brilliant. I hope to see him this year. And I would also uh, run the jewels last year, uh, Killer Mike and LP, 
they put out a banger of an album. It might be their best work. They've only got four albums, but they put out RGT, um, or RTJ4, and it is badass. It is an absolute banger. I would Mm -hmm. love to see them in concert. So, um, those are the two I'm looking forward to. I haven't been to a hip-hop show in about a decade, so. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been to one. When I This was an interesting thing. When we went to, uh, I was working the VIP 10, obviously, at Louder Than Life. Uh, everyone said that the band that got everyone excited and everyone going was uh, Cypress Hill. Yeah. Pure rap band. They came up and did their thing. And then MGK comes up, and I don't care what anybody tells you, if they say it wasn't like that, they're lying. The whole front row, like the first three rows, turn their back on him, which to me was like the coldest diss yeah. I've ever seen at a concert. Yeah. And they did jump the fence, and he did try to punch a kid for pushing him. Damn. He was just nervous, and he's like, my daughter's up here and stuff. Yeah. And the boos were so loud you could feel feel it in the tent and they did not stop uh, he kind of just oozes douchebag. he oozes he, since he did he went into rock he's just think i'm like dude you he's don't beef with these guys and shit and, well, and uh, he's like driving he a safe motorcycle career from a, a a beef uh no one of, it's odd because i'm not a huge fan of either artist i happen to see jay-z and who I respect as a rapper, I'm just not a huge personal fan of his. Yeah. I think he is one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm just not a huge personal fan. Uh, he's not weird enough for me. Um, but I happened to fall into some tickets probably 15 years ago, and DMX was opening. Uh-huh. And DMX uh, put on one of the best shows of any genre. I could absolutely music. see that. It was amazing. There wasn't an inch of the stage he didn't use. Of course, the man's on crack, but... Yeah. He okay. was amazing. He started by a completely dark stage, and you hear barking. And then all of a sudden, a spotlight hits him, and he immediately starts spitting. And uh, he ended his set with a prayer and was literally on his hands and knees with his very distinctive growl, saying the Lord's Prayer to like 30,000 people. And everyone was saying it along. Apparently, this is how he ended that album. I believe it's Blood In, Blood Out. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there's a dry eye, eye in the house. And then Jay-Z's got to come in. And, and follow to, that up. Yeah. See, and, that, that was one thing I said about MGK. They had him follow Volbeat. <laughs> Volbeat, if you don't know, probably have the best stage presence of any band doing it right now. Like uh-huh. they just, there's something about those guys that pull you directly into that music, and they like they're very engaged. It's Volbeat stuff is fast and in a weird way positive. Like they can rap or they can sing about some really dark stuff, mm-hmm. and it just presented in such a happy way. So everybody awesome. was fired up. And then NGK tries to do this weird rock, like, emo stuff. And I said, I was like, you know what he could have done? What he could have done is came out there and surprised everybody and just did Till I Die right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And everybody would have been with it then. Mm-hmm. I know that because I watched Cypress Hill go the day before and absolutely kill it just being themselves. And that would have done it. That would have done it. Cypress Hill puts on a hell of a show. Yeah. I went to the Smoking Grooves concert. Probably 20 years ago. And it was Cypress Hill, Ziggy Marley, 
it was essentially a weed festival. The Fujis were there. <laughs> it was amazing. But literally, my brother and several other people were at the lawn, Deer Creek. Uh-huh. We're in the way back. We're next to the fence. And we're smoking. We're doing our thing. It's essentially a weed festival. Yeah, I can see that. And Cypress Hill finishes their set. And all of a sudden, um, one of them, uh, one of the guys had just been on stage. Um, I didn't recognize him. A short Puerto Rican guy, literally part of uh, Cypress Hill's entourage, says, I just saw you guys from the stage smoking tough. Um, we can't find anything here in Indiana. You want to hang out for a minute? So my brother and all his friends were like, hell yeah. They got like four. Every guy in the group got a poster all signed by all of Cypress Hill. They hung out with us for like 20 minutes. It was amazing. Yeah, I could, I could see. They were such normal dudes, though. Such normal dudes. Like, they did not care that they were famous. Yeah. <laughs> they were just trying to get high. Like, they were like, we can't find any good weed in Indiana. Yeah, what the fuck happened, man? There's no dispensaries. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> we have corn. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, got, we got corn. We got weed. You just got to look a little harder. There's some deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. man, I think we're getting long on this one, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to just discuss and kind of follow up on a few things. Yeah, keep your eye out on the artificial sun. Uh, this could be uh, game-changing. Yes. Uh, they're talking about this moving us to, what, an M-class civilization? Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, if we perfect nuclear fusion, uh, we move up a level as a civilization. Right. Uh, we're just a step away from being able to travel light years. Yeah. Um, once we can make that into an engine... And, uh, yeah, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, so uh, right keep an there. eye on that. Uh, that's a big one. And uh, watch it. If you see somebody that seems a little off and they're acting funny and they're missing their whole lower torso and there's a <laughs> yeah. white fuzzy ball, <laughs> that's a cordyceps zombie. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. If they try to hump you. Yeah, he's not interested in you, honey. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got a brain disease. Yeah, the, he's uh, trying to spread spores right there, now. He's full of meth. <laughs> <laughs> He's full of fungal meth. Fungal meth. Fungal <laughs> meth is a thing, man. Maybe they decriminalize fungal meth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you again. Again, we're doing what we can to keep these episodes rolling. We've got a good crew now. We've got yeah. a handful of people that are really contributing, especially on our brainstorming <laughs> sessions that we're throwing down on before we start. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we can still pull it out when we need to like this. I mean, it's, it's all good. But... Uh, we're going to try to stay more consistent. Uh, I would expect every week to every two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah get on. Life keeps on getting in the way, but we're trying, guys. Yeah, we're trying. Uh, obviously, I'm looking to start some new adventures in life and to kind of change some things up, but I'm going to try to be here. Uh, we have talked about doing a Zoom interview with a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and Money Penny, who both have a lot of knowledge about healthcare and changes during the Soviet Union's transition to communism and back. Oh, nice. Very interesting actual data, not theoretical, like everything would be fine if we all had Medicaid, which is yeah. lunacy to me, but you know, yeah. some people believe that. Uh, this is this is actual thought-out stuff. So looking forward to that. We've still got the memorial episode for Ella. I can't promise you guys when that'll be, but it's coming. I swear to you guys, there is still mead in that cabinet. Yeah. Uh, Aaron could not make it, obviously, but as yeah. soon as we have the full crew... I've got six or seven fantastic whiskeys set back, but I'm waiting on those, and we need to get this mead done. So, yeah. Yep. yeah Thank yeah. you all. Uh, also, Sarah, we still have your smokehouse ride. That is for Ella's memorial. 
Yeah. I don't know exactly, like I said, when that'll be. I feel like I'm probably ready, but it's also going to take some organization. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to really sit down and plan that one out and do it right. Yep. So again, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate all you're doing. I think we're almost at 500 members on the Facebook page. I have completely quit sending invites, but if you guys want to just go through your friends list, send that invite out. I think it's a wonderful place to be. There's there's fun stuff on there. Yeah. There's knowledge on there, and you get the links to our stuff as soon as it posts. Yeah, we're just trying to keep you all curious and mm-hmm. uh, keep you guys looking into stuff. And don't be afraid to reach out. Let us know you, what you want to see from us. Yeah. Uh, we're... We're busy, busy people, and we like to have ideas thrown our way. We want to know what you guys want. Absolutely. So, again, thanks, everyone, and keep on dumpster diving. Praise God.